Hey, it's Larry. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Real quick, before we get into this episode, I had such an amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience at the World Parkinson Congress in Kyoto that I want others to have that opportunity, too. So Becca Miller and I and 24 of our PD community friends have launched a year-long WPC Travel Grant Fundraiser. We're each doing a two-week Facebook fundraiser. Mine's underway right now because my birthday's January 9th. All the money raised will be used to help offset travel costs so more people with young-onset Parkinson's can attend the next WPC in Barcelona in 2022. You can search out details on the When Life Gives You Parkinson's Facebook page or donate directly to the WPC website. Go to wpc2022.org slash yopdfund. If you or your business would like to supply matching funds... Hey, good on you. Email me at parkinsonspot at curiouscast.ca. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. And this is a special episode of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Joining me on this podcast journey is producer and reporter Nikki Reitmeyer. I know it's a cliche, Larry, but man, oh man, does time fly. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't it? it? This episode is about Parkinson awareness. April is World Parkinson's Awareness Month, and April 11th is World Parkinson's Day. It is so hard to believe, Larry, but it was just last year on April 11th that we started this journey and you began sharing your story. Yeah, I got up early that morning and put on a suit, and before I shared the news with all my friends and all my colleagues, I started telling the world on Global News Morning here in British Columbia. I sat on the couch right next to Sonia Sunger. Today is World Parkinson's Day, and we are joined this morning by someone who has been living a very private journey with the disease. Larry Gifford is a program director at CKNW. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I know this is um, very emotional for you to let us all into your private journey with this uh, disease, but how did it all begin? For me, it just began with sort of disparate symptoms. So I had a funny walk, sort of a clumpy walk, and you know, I kept buying lighter shoes, thinking maybe my shoes were too heavy, (laughs) or maybe I was just out of shape. And then I realized I I didn't have the coordination that I once had, and I wasn't thinking fast on my feet. I used to have a really quick wit, and uh, and just, you know, I started to lose my sense of smell. And, like, none of these things seemed like they belonged together. So Mm -hmm. they just, I just wrote each one of them off as something else. And, th- and then your family started to notice. Your, your son said something to you last January. What did he say? Yeah, I was reaching out trying to hand him a glass of water. My arm was going like that. He goes, Dad, why is your, why is your hand shaking? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And so that's when we're like, maybe we ought to get this checked out. I didn't like doctors, so I was kind mm-hmm. of avoiding the doctor thing. But mm-hmm. doctors are good, I find it. <laughs> they, they certainly are, and they, they are helping you right now. But let's talk about that journey afterwards, because eventually you're looking for answers. How long did it take for you to get a diagnosis? Well, so I went to the doctor in January, uh, got to see a specialist a couple, uh, four months later, and it was an MS specialist, because they thought for, at first I had MS. Uh, and then they, they ruled out MS, and he's like, well, I'm not a Parkinson's specialist, but the good news is you don't have MS, but I do think you have Parkinson's, but we have to get you to a Parkinson's specialist, mm-hmm. which wasn't until August then. Because I understand that there is a lack of resources. Um, I understand there's only, but how many uh, doctors? Yeah, so there's 13,000 people in British Columbia who have uh, been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and there's currently nine active neurologists treating those patients. So there's a big need for support. There absolutely is, and that's why we're, we're bringing this up. It's World Parkinson's Day, and what is the message that you want to get out to people? 
Well, I, I think, you know, our silence, the people that have Parkinson's, you know, it's, it's, it's a private journey, but our silence keeps us suffering. So I want everybody who has Parkinson's to share their story because we need to advocate for ourselves because right now, because it's not a killer disease, it's not something that's going to take my life. There's not something that's like cancer in my body that they can remove or will kill me. It's just a, a really aggressive degenerative disease. Um, it doesn't get the attention that some of the other more urgent killer diseases get. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to go out there and advocate for ourselves and tell our stories to, to get attention and hopefully raise funds for research and development for new treatments and hopefully ultimately a cure. Absolutely. I'm wondering, how, how is your family coping with all of this? Oh, well, they're home now. Hi, kids. <laughs> Uh, my, my wife, uh, Rebecca, has been a, a, a great support through all of this. Um, and my son, Henry, is, uh, he's, he's a great, he, he likes to break it up with tension. He'll, he'll pretend that he has a, a draggy leg or a shaky arm just to break the tension. And we laugh a lot in my family. You know, we, like, we're not, I'm not a victim here. I, I, I just try to own this disease so I can move on with my life. You know, but the disease will be with me sort of a partner for the rest of my life. But, you know. What I need to do is find a way to live a happy, fulfilling life, continue to love and continue to find a way to, to really make a difference in the world. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's such a positive message. Um, now, I realize we've only really reached the tip of the iceberg when it comes to your story, but I understand that you've, uh, you know, have a very personal note for all of us, and it's up on our website. Yeah, on globalnews.ca, there's a blog that I've written and also a 20-minute podcast sort of uh, introduce you to my family and mm -hmm. some people in my support group, and uh, it really just sort of goes into more detail and context of my journey, and uh, you know, hopefully people uh, get a chance to listen to it and understand more about the disease. Definitely, and hopefully um, if you're able to, if you're able to support uh, or add some... Uh, a donation or funds, uh, you can do so. You can find links on our website. Larry, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I remember watching that on TV. Man, that was some powerful stuff. What What were your expectations when you decided to, to go public and share your story? Well, you know, I I don't know, I guess just to raise awareness. I mean, I I was still coming to grips with the diagnosis at that point, and I'd been listening to the Michael J. Fox Foundation podcast, uh, and there was a researcher on there, a, a neurologist, uh, who had said that it's becoming a pandemic. And if people with Parkinson's don't start sharing their stories and, and mm. raise, raising awareness to raise funds to do more research, yeah. we'll never find a cure. Yeah. And I thought, well, well I'm a storyteller, so I better better get out of my funk, stop being depressed about this diagnosis and, you know, move into how can I help? And the way I know how to help is to share my story. Well, that's almost like your currency in this situation, isn't it? Your currency is being able to tell your story. It has value. Yeah, and my story is not necessarily interesting to everybody, but uh, they, they were interested for a moment long enough that we were inspired to do the podcast, and now we can tell other people's stories as well, which is <laughs> right. great. Now, it's funny because we have been so immersed in the Parkinson's community because of the podcast and through conversations with you and through everything else that we've done that it's sometimes hard to realize that Parkinson's disease it's still a mystery to a lot of people. To prove the point, we actually asked some random people on the streets of Vancouver, B.C. about Parkinson's. 
My aunt has it. Um, yeah, my grandpa had it. I think it's a nervous disorder that makes you shake, basically. Is that correct? I know that it's a disease that uh, afflicts, I think, your nervous system and can be terminal. There's no known cure. And it's definitely something that you kind of hope you never get. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know anything about this disease. You're the first one telling me about this thing. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No. I know it's a um, slowly more and more debilitating. Um, that there's not a lot that can be done right now. Um, I know that exercise helps her a lot, uh, keeping her mobile. Um, but unfortunately, it's yeah, it's taking over. I mean, it's it's very hard and debil- debilitating and and hard on him and hard on the family other than that it makes you shake that's literally all i know oh uh, yes <laughs> we have work <laughs> to do oh, yeah. even the most confident don't quite have all the facts. Uh-huh. Uh, luckily, there are a lot of people who are willing to share their stories and their wisdom. Uh, the following messages are from people with Parkinson's, neurologists, researchers, advocates, caregivers, family members, and many of the guests we've talked to during season one of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Ah, this will be great. Linda Bleakley, mm-hmm. when you're first diagnosed, you sort of imagine the very worst because you've heard all kinds of things through the years about Parkinson's and you just think of shaking uncontrollably. It's really not like that, and it's a lot better than you expect. It's actually expanded my life in a lot of ways because I've met a lot of new people Mm -hmm. um, and learned to appreciate some of the quieter things in life, too. Um, Another symptom, though, is I do get tired. If I do too much one day, I'm just like a, I call it a zombie day the next day. So my name is Jonathan Squires, and I'm a neurologist specializing in Parkinson's disease and other movement disorders. The one thing I want people to know about Parkinson's disease is that if you're concerned about it at all, the very best thing you can do is to exercise on a regular basis. And that slows the disease progression, helps the symptoms, and hopefully helps prevent it in the first place. Hello, my name is Isabella. I was born and raised in Spain, but I live in New York City. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease almost two years ago, when I was 38. Personally, there are three things I tell people when I share my PD story. The good, the bad, and the ugly. First, I tell them that lemon has become my favorite flavor, as losing the sense of taste was my first symptom. Then I go on to share that there's no cure for Parkinson's, and it's a degenerative disease, And I also tell them that each of us is different. And in my case, accumulated fatigue and problems walking are my main symptoms right now. Then I go on to tell them about research, fundraising, the When Life Gives You Parkinson's podcast, Michael J. Fox, and the one time my mom and I met Muhammad Ali's daughter, and she said my mom looked like her ex-mother-in-law. She loved her, despite the ex part. Oh, and I also tell them how Dr. Parkinson and I were born on the same day, some 220 years apart. So my name is Simon, and um, I'm the Deputy Director of Research at the Cure Parkinson's Trust. I also run a little website called The Science of Parkinson's, where I try to explain in plain English uh, that my mother would understand what's happening in the world of Parkinson's research. I come from the school that um, Parkinson's is not simply one condition. I think it's uh, um, multiple conditions. They just have the same appearance. While it's never a, a nice time to have Parkinson's, I don't think there's ever been a better time 
um, for Parkinson's research. There's just so much research going on at the moment in so many different fields. It's hugely exciting. It's also a fantastic time uh, for the Parkinson's community with regards to the advocacy and their involvement um, in the research, not only um, as um, guinea pigs in um, clinical trials, that uh, we've moved from that idea now through to where folks in the Parkinson's community are actually involved with de deciding which ideas are going to be part of the research and uh, which drugs should be tested. And it's that advocacy and that involvement and all that energy that I find really, really exciting. Tony Dawson is my name, and I'm uh, 77 years old, and I was diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's in about, well, about five and a half years ago now. What do you think is important for us to convey to the general public about Parkinson's? I think we need acknowledgement from them. They need to work a little bit to understand how prevalent it is. As society ages, it's getting more prevalent. In your particular case, you, you were diagnosed young, but I was diagnosed at 71. Um, and that's going to be more and more the case. So it's going to be in more touching on people's lives in various sorts of ways. So it seems to me really that people should educate themselves if they can, especially if they find out they know somebody who has the disease or something. And try to, try to learn that it's somebody's walking down the street and sh shivering or shaking a little bit that they might have Parkinson's they might not be some kind of drug addict that's on his last legs you know uh, so being open to the possibility of what the disease can do to people I think have people misinterpreted your symptoms for drugs or alcohol um, no one that I know of but occasionally on the street I see I lurch or, or, or stagger and who knows what the passers-by are thinking. You know. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes, like, because when I'm, when the medicine's wearing off, my sense of um, space around me shrinks. And so I end mm -hmm. up, like, bumping into desks or... Yes, I've had a bit of that, too. And so it feels like I'm drunk almost. So I could imagine just the way it looks. That's right. <laughs> People That's may right. assume I'm... Yeah, I bumped into a hydrant the other day. <laughs> and it hurt, and I've got quite a good bruise. Oh, nice. Because, you know, the little thing that sticks out of the hydro yeah, just oh. bad right into my thigh. I thought, hmm. Yeah. These are the weird little things that happen. I'm Bill. I was diagnosed five and a half years ago with Parkinson's. The thing that I would have to say about it is three things. Number one, stay positive. It's not a death sentence. Number two, find something every day for which you can be thankful. Number three, exercise, exercise, exercise. It makes a huge difference. My name is George Motch. When were you diagnosed? Uh, 1990. Uh, Parkinson's is a ride. It's a ride. Every day is different. It's different every day. My name is Sarah Rigger. I live in Stockholm, Sweden. I've had Parkinson's for over 35 years. I work at the Karolinska Institute with research and and the different things related to digital self-care for Parkinson's disease. And one thing I think people should know about Parkinson's is that everyone's Parkinson's is different. There are no, no sort of typical times in Parkinson's and everybody's development, everybody's uh, disease progression is different. So even though we tend to compare to, with each other, 
we also have to refrain from doing that because we all know, we all follow different paths. My name is Lee Lourdo. Yeah, I have yeah. a tremor, and uh, my attitude is if people have a problem with that, well, I guess they have a problem with that, but I don't. And it's a great way to get, I mean, I definitely get a seat on the bus. So let me tell you, there's some positive uh, respect. And, and, and don't, don't ever forget your friends. Keep a, even if you want to uh, hunker down a little bit and stay indoors, uh, to reach out and reaching out is always a good thing when there's a problem. Fifty uh, percent of those who are diagnosed have some sort of internal, either depression or anxiety, and it's a question of t- then to what to what extent. Just get a good health support team and find people you have good relationship with. And if you don't like someone who's on your team or you consider you're trying them out for your team, then find someone else. Um, So my name is Michael Chung. I am 28 years old and uh, my father has had Parkinson's since I can remember. So he's had it for over 15 years and probably around I was 11 when I was 11 or 12 years old, he was diagnosed. He always feels like I could have been more successful growing up had he not had the disease and been able to provide for me better and give me more resources and connections and and do that side for me. But I always look at it as I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that chip on my shoulder, if I didn't have the empathy and I didn't go through all this and was able to understand just kind of how precious life is and and, uh, how it's not worth wasting and to basically try everything you can, anything that's on your mind that you want to do to go pursue it. When we were out in public, say we'd go to the mall and I'd have to keep the door open for a little longer so he could walk through. And sometimes he couldn't quite initially walk through it, as a lot of people with Parkinson's know and, and experience uh, and people who don't don't really understand it. But it takes him a while sometimes to go through door frames or kind of enclosed spaces. And you could just see the patience that just random strangers had for him and, and the empathy other people showed towards him. And that kind of made me um, understand that it was really more of a blessing than a curse to see the world this way and that a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of good in the world and everybody tries to help other people out. And if you're able to make a difference in somebody else's life, that means a lot more than money or or, or fame or anything else. Okay. Hi, I'm John Hogan. I was diagnosed with uh, young onset idiopathic Parkinson's in 2007. It's now 2019. So I've been on this gig for 12 years and my family has been on it as well. Uh, one thing people should know about Parkinson's is um, things can vary day to day. Uh, you go meet with people, uh, the people I used to work with, and they say, God, John, you look great. <laughs> Eight o'clock at night, my wife says, you look like hell. <laughs> First of all, you meet lots of great people. You learn all kinds of new different language, like Pamaprexol and dopamine agonist and <laughs> dystonia and dyskinesia and good God knows what else. And, and, uh, and the other thing is... Uh, do exercise, like a lot. My name's David Sanders, I'm from the UK. Um, I've been diagnosed now eight years. Um, and my advice for anybody with Parkinson's is to keep engaged, speak to people, don't be don't be afraid to you know speak and contact and connect because um, you're not on your own. And even if you're young onset and you're diagnosed in your 20s or your 30s, there's still somebody out there that's going through the same thing as you at the right at the same time. So, so get online and speak to speak to people. That's my best advice: just connect and engage. Simple as that. The rest of the rest of just come anyway, so there's no point worrying about the symptoms, what's going to happen because that's just life. But, but what you can do about it while you're there is um, it's the only thing you can do. So that's my advice: is speak, use your voice. Uh, my name is Dixie Black. I like to be called Dixie. Uh, 
My diagnosis was uh, when I was 65 in 2013. So I've been living with the diagnosis for just over five years. And I didn't even really know anything about it. Nobody in my family's had it. Um, I, I didn't have any experience with it at all. So it was, I remember the neurologist who diagnosed me saying, uh, we don't know what causes it. We don't know why you got it. And we don't know how it's going to go for you. Everybody's different. So I felt like it was up to me. I, I'm, they're there to, to help me, but I'm really going to have to take care of myself. I, I should probably let you know that I'm a trained psychotherapist and spiritual director. And that's what I do for work. So if somebody came in and said they had Parkinson's disease, I, I, I would sit with them in, in compassion and empathy because, uh, it's a, it's a diagnosis that doesn't have a real, uh, outcome that you can predict. It's not like if you get a cancer diagnosis, these are the treatments we can offer. It's, uh, and hopefully we'll get rid of the cancer and you will, you will go back to living normally. Well, of course, Parkinson's isn't that kind of disease. We live with it until we die and, and we don't know how it's going to go. So that, that would be my first response would be that alignment with them. I'm hopeful that the research that's going on could discover things that could make a difference. I don't think I'll ever be cured, but perhaps they'll find ways of treating it, ways of um, supporting people that have the disease that make it easier to function and to live. Uh, So my name is Jim Redmond. I'm uh, 47 years old. I was uh, diagnosed with a young onset Parkinson's uh, almost three years ago when I was 44. One of the things I, I say to people who ask is, you know, when I wasn't, I'm, and sometimes I'm still not, just prepared for like the everydayness of Parkinson's because really it's always there. I, I don't think there's been a day that has gone by since I was diagnosed that I haven't felt at some point that I have Parkinson's. If I were to look back to myself three years ago and say, you know what, Jim, you're going to have to spend, you know what, uh, two to sometimes five hours a day working on this thing. Uh, I wouldn't have believed myself. So, no, I didn't realize it was going to be this much work. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, I guess it, I, I, I choose for it to be uh, this much work. But, uh, yeah, the, which makes a difference uh, in my mindset. But, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't count on Parkinson's becoming this much of my life. I'm Hillary, and I'm 27 years old. I was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease at age 24, so that was October 2015. I'm not mad that I have Parkinson's. I mean, in the moment, sometimes I like I feel like I can't handle it anymore. But like. I didn't realize how strong I was without having it. I think it's pushed me to, to having Parkinson's has like pushed me to limits I didn't think I could handle. Um, I've 
never would have thought that I would have spoken in front of a group of people but because I want to share what I've learned and just like help other people so much I was I wanted to help people more than I was scared <laughs> to speak in front of a crowd um, everything I learned I want to share with everybody new thing I learned I went to the pool last week and I started my medication was wearing off and we were thinking about just leaving and kind of calling it a day but I went into the the colder pool instead of the, the, the heat was pretty hard on me since so being in the hot tub so I went in the, the, the lane the slow lane I went in the slow lane and just kind of swam around because I used to do synchronized swimming so it comes naturally to me um, and just being in the water was so much more comfortable than laying in a bed waiting for my symptoms to pass because I could move and like it was still it was more exhausting than it would have been normally but the second I got out and the second I got into the car I was like I didn't want to like take a picture of water and like write an Instagram post and just share with it, everyone that it felt good I haven't done that yet <laughs> but everything I like I learn about Parkinson's I just automatically want to share and just help with other people hello my name is Ned Newhouse I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2013 at age 46 in my opinion the most important thing to know about Parkinson's is that it is absolutely not a death sentence while it is different for everyone, truly accepting your diagnosis is often a tough thing to do, but is incredibly important. I strongly recommend to everyone I meet with Parkinson's that they need to be careful of anxiety and depression. It is a real issue for many, especially those who are newly diagnosed. For me, I met with a therapist to help figure out who I am and what's important. Each person needs to do what they need for their own acceptance journey. Like Michael J. Fox says, acceptance does not mean resignation. Additionally, it's a movement disorder. You need to move. Exercise, exercise, exercise. Almost daily, it seems there's more evidence as to how important it is to exercise. Rock steady boxing is the answer that works for me. Choose what works for you and just do it. How fast your disease progresses literally depends on it. In closing, the one thing I really wish I had understood at the beginning of this journey is simply that it's going to be okay. Okay, my name is Matthew Farah. I'm a professor of uh, medical genetics at UBC uh, uh, in Vancouver. And uh, it's Parkinson's Awareness Month and the things that people should know. I, I think that people should realize there's an awful lot going on in so many different areas trying to understand this condition, why it happens, what parts of the brain are affected, what we can do about it. Um, and there are so many different angles and approaches that people are taking. I'm personally taking a, a genetic one and a modeling one, trying to understand what fundamentally causes the condition and, and fundamentally how to, how to put it right. Um, I think people should realize that uh, it's an enormously complicated question. It's a very simple one to phrase, what is Parkinson's disease and how do we fix it? Um, but it's an enormously com complicated question because the brain's enormously complicated. And so um, there's lots and lots and lots and lots of opinions. And uh, um, they're all equally valid. My name is Naomi Casero. I'm a physiotherapist and I treat uh, Parkinson's disease specifically. Um, the thing that I really think that people should know about Parkinson's is that you can still do a ton of stuff. 
I think that often people think that they're diagnosed and that's it and that's that's the end and they can't do all these things. There is a ton you can do and I see it day in day out and I would just encourage people to go out there and, and really push themselves. My name is, uh, so I'm, I'm John, Johnny Atchison um, and I was uh, diagnosed in uh, the 4th of April, you never forget the date, uh, 4th of April 2016 uh, at the age of uh, 41. So for for me for me it hasn't changed the meaning of life because you know um, from from a from a from a faith point of view um, you know I I I believe you know that God will 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 help me um, you know He um, and I just hope that 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 having Parkinson's will will um, will, will will just help me to tell people about him and what's um what's uh, what effect he has uh, in my life now i know that sounds a bit countercultural these days um but i think that if that if i just focused on the physical and the, and the mental um aspects I, I just don't think i would feel as if i was able to battle the disease process uh as much as i could by having a faith um, and I think you need the three of those to, to work on to, um, to to try to combat to try to combat and it's 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 whatever it's whatever um, you know some people won't agree with that um, for other people it'll be it'll be different things but um, you know for me that uh, that 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 that's what what uh, what helps. Richard Maida, for me uh, like it's really important that I help where I can because I think that. Uh, to show a positive light on, uh, I guess some people may fear where they're going to be later in life, right? So to show where I'm at 13 years, I, ho- I hope that they can get some sort some encouragement from that. One of the things I initially did was I resisted uh, finding out about Parkinson's from others that have Parkinson's. I thought I'll just deal with it on my own. But actually having met people with Parkinson's really opened my eyes to to what can be possible and what, what, how much hope that these people have, right? So uh, I, I would say get in touch with Parkinson's Society and, and find, find your own way to, because you're going to be your best advocate. And that's really important because everyone will have different symptoms with this disease. It's not like one, one size fits all. It's, so it's going to be customized to, to you, right? And however you're going to deal with it. So that's, that's the key thing that uh, approach it head on and uh, get involved with others that have Parkinson's and uh, from that point uh, find a way to uh, to tackling this illness I'd just like to ask like, like the ethnic communities the people that have Parkinson's really be try to be the voice for for your community and and You'll, you'll gain so much benefit from it, so, yeah. yeah. I'm Emily Chambers, and I'm the creator of Shake, Shake, Shake. My biggest thing is that I wish my dad did more for his health. I wish that he, he does everything that he can, especially at this stage. But I wish that, like, years ago, he had, like, done the stupid yoga that he didn't want to do and, like, do the stretches in the morning and, like, stop eating gluten and dairy and just try everything. Try everything, because you don't know. And, and I think he very much was like, this is what's going to happen and I'm going to live my best life the way that I know how to. And like, you know, 
it's so it seems so complex um there's still so much that's unknown about it I think what is frustrating for us right now is that, like, we don't know if, like, the cognitive stuff that's going on with my dad is because of Parkinson's or if it's because of some form of dementia, which is also tied to Parkinson's, you know. So I think I just, I want to keep doing what I can to give money to research because let's figure out more about this so we know how to better prepare people and help people that are living with the disease. Thank you to everybody who contributed. That was yeah, awesome. That's really cool. Yes, I, I love hearing all that. I could have yeah. kept listening and listening to more. It really takes me back to season one as well, going, oh my, I remember them. Wow, what a great story. Uh, yeah, and, and all the listeners who called in mm, uh, yeah. and, and contributed, thank you very much. Uh, there are a bunch of Parkinson's organizations online and social media helping to raise awareness this month, but one that I really want to draw your attention to is, is fairly new. If you click over to parkylife.com, uh, there's a colorful logo with wobbly letters, including an upside-down R in Parky Life. <laughs> it reads, Welcome to the Brighter Side of Parky. And the brainchild behind Parky Life is Matt Eagles. He's based in the UK. He was first diagnosed with PD when he was seven years old. I've lived with Parkinson's myself for 43 years, but I consider myself very lucky because I've got nothing of my life to compare it with. I can't remember actually having the diagnosis because Parkinson's is a young boy. Boy doesn't mean a thing. All I can remember is being given 50 pence to take Parkinson's medication when I was eight years old. Oh, jeez. So that, that, which is a lot of money in 1977. How did Parky Life come to be? The reason behind it is I've heard so many stories of people who have had a diagnosis and not really been given the direction to turn to. And I found if you Google Parkinson's, you got sort of illustrations of an old man bending over, shuffling along, and people didn't want to see that. And I thought to myself, this isn't right. And I thought, I've got to do something about this. And I work in healthcare comms anyway for a, a fantastic agency. I mean, how they create some of the things, I just really don't know, but they do so. I I kind of have words with people at work, and Parky Life was kind of born. It's really, really progressed organically, and uh, I'm, I can't quite believe it. So, so, so what is it? Well, originally... It was a deck of cards which we thought we could present to people on diagnosis. You know, rather than having traditional sort of leaflets or quite often nothing at all, get some little pieces of positivity. So we thought we printed some cards off. They're, they're bigger than normal sort of playing card size, but they're split into parky hacks parky tips, parky people, which I guess can be sort of localised. So I guess you guys would call them parky hall of famers. Okay, yeah. We have a website, we have T-shirts. We're going to have them available in different languages soon. The idea behind it is we're going to take it globally so each country can develop their own set of cards. 
so they can have it in their own language because obviously some things don't translate quite as well. Sure. And also we can get illustrators from different countries to illustrate in their own kind of unique way because every single card we have in Parkula has been illustrated by a professional illustrator but every one is unique. They're really amazing. Uh, the artwork is fabulous. I really love it. And it's uplifting and it's bright and it's happy and it's positive and it makes you feel good. It does. I think it does think brightness. And in all the years I've had parking, I've never seen anything like it. People say, oh, can we carry them in our wallets? <laughs> well, yes, you can. I mean, we've researched into holding the cards. We've you know, we've got special textures on them. We've searched into opening the box. So the box can be opened easily if you disconnect or if you if you're twitchy, if you're if you're having a tremor, whatever else. Because we're, because I I, I I road test it all, um, and if I and then <laughs> if I which is really fun, but you know. If you, if you, I don't know if you ever played fifty-two card pickup oh, as yes, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a victim of that quite often. But the idea behind it is, is somewhere where people can go just, just to sort of if they're feeling a bit down or they want a bit of a happy, bit of positivity. I mean, some of the stories are so funny, Larry. They really are. Do you have a favorite <laughs> story or life hack or parky joke that you can share with us? <laughs> I think I do actually, it's, and it's uh, it's one of my favourite stories, really. You know, when you're really hungry, you want to make yourself a sandwich. You get the bread. Very carefully, get the bread out of the out of the bread bin. You get the margarine. You cut the cheese. You 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 get the pickles out, and what have you? And I was so pleased. This sandwich took me about half an hour to make, <laughs> and I was so proud of it. And then I was cutting it in half so I could carry it out and eat it, and I twitched, and it all went in the dog's water bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog licked its lips, smiled at me, thank you very much. And that, I mean, that's the kind of things... <laughs> I had to laugh, really, because the dog's reaction was thought all its Christmases had come right. together. I could have got so frustrated about it, but hey, what's the point? Because if you, if you get if you get sort of upset about things, it makes your symptoms worse anyway, I find. How do you maintain such an optimistic point of view? <laughs> I th do you know what, Larry? I think it's because people... People respond to positivity. Oh, I mean, I see, I mean, I'm twitching a lot now, as you might be able to tell from my voice, but I'm not afraid of kind of sharing my experience. Um, I, go out to, I go out when I can. I do lots of different things because I'm not frightened of who I am. I mean, I... I mean, I really can't help if I'm twitchy. If I'm, if I'm, if I fall over, I just have to sort of style it out, yeah. and, and it, that that kind of helps me. And I think it's only natural. There's a big thing with people with people with a, who look different or walk differently. People people are only human. 
they're bound to stare. And I just use it as an opportunity to educate them, say, hey, 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 guys, I'm okay. I've got Parkinson's. And people, so that puts people's minds at ease. And it puts my mind at ease because they no longer <laughs> stare at me or they might say, hey, hey, would you like some help? Uh, I just I, I, haven't I, gone. I, haven't gone. Okay. Yep. Oh, like, sorry, I just unplugged my headphones with a quick twitch. So I'm back with you. I'm back in the room. Back in the room. Awesome. The the, <laughs> the community of Parkinson's has just been amazing in the way they support and outreach and and, and just uh, the positive attitude that everybody has and and, and you know it, it's a community that I didn't even know existed until I got diagnosed and I've just been overwhelmed uh, really by by the. Uh, to how great this community is. I would totally agree with you, Larry. And one of the main things I love about it is that, like you said, everybody's so positive, but the support network is phenomenal. And it's not just people with Parkinson's. It's nurses. It's consultants. It's boxing specialists. Everybody comes together. And bearing in mind, I didn't know anybody even else apart from me in the world had Parkinson's <laughs> until the, the the internet was born and social media. It was a revelation for me because, I mean, living with Parkinson's for well over, I was into 25, nearly 30 years with Parkinson's before I knew anybody else even had it. That's amazing. And now I know a whole network of people. I made such good friends as well. I mean, like friends you'll have for life. Yeah, it, well, you're making a yeah. huge impact on the world of Parkinson's uh, with Parky Life, and Thank uh, you. you are you are uh, indelibly now associated with Parkinson's and Parky Life, and it's you're going to be your legacy. I can see it. Well, thank you very much. I mean, my my view is now, I will do anything to share my data, share my experience, to make people's lives. As good as they can possibly be for themselves, just in the hope that we can make things better and people can experience the good parts of Parkinson's as opposed to parts. I mean, we all know it can be pretty naff at times, but mm -hmm. hey, it can be really good as well. So uh, one last question as we as we wrap up. Um, it is World Parkinson's Awareness Month and Day. Uh, what, yep. do you, what do you think people who aren't aware of Parkinson's or, or don't know much about Parkinson's, what, what should they know about Parkinson's? They should, they should know that Parkinson's people are just like everybody else. They're amazing. We're all individuals. We're all incredibly talented. And everybody can learn from us. Well, I tell you what, oh, I can't yeah. think of a better way to conclude no our World Parkinson's Awareness special. Thanks, Matt, for that. That's what great. What a great guy. Yeah, really awesome. Uh, we have a handful more episodes of the World Parkinson Congress podcast before I travel to Kyoto in June. And then we'll return this fall, Dickie, with season two of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Are you ready for a sneak yes, peek? Yes, totally. I was walking down the stairs with my then eight-month-old son, his name is Mason, and we fell down the stairs. Uh, what? You... Yeah, the two, the two of us fell down an entire flight of stairs. Oh. Hello? David, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> Zero to ten? Zero being the worst? 
Sure. I'm going to say about three. I would rather have a tumor in my brain than Parkinson's. You are just a few weeks away from DBS surgery. I'm feeling okay about it, but I'm ready for it, I think. So, so how long after the diagnosis did you say, yeah, you know what, let me uh, enter the Amazing Race Canada? <laughs> well, that was entirely my wife's idea. That was her doing. Here we go! And you are the first winners of the Amazing Race Canada. You know, I just had no idea what Parkinson's was going to do to me along this race. Parkinson's is a real bitch of an illness, but I take it all in stride. I love the fact that when we get together, we have a secret handshake. Hi. How have you talked to your kids about this? Well, they're quite young, really, so we're kind of just explaining that daddy's getting magic medicine. I learned that um, you sometimes need your young boy to get you through a tough day. American Ninja Warrior. When American Ninja Warrior came on TV and she was watching it, she started climbing on furniture and climbing on doors, and she's like, Dad, you should try it. You should get on. You should try out. Honey, I can't do it because I have Parkinson's. My dad was, was a deeply spiritual person. I am the greatest. He had always said Parkinson's could be, could be a way for me to realize that I'm not the greatest. God is the greatest. Jimmy joined the flying odds. From Curious Cast, this is When Life Gives You Parkinson's. If you would like to help spread the word, then please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free, of course, to this podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere that you get your streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. And social media is a real simple way to spread the word and raise awareness for Parkinson's Mm -hmm. disease. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just look us up at Parkinson's Pod, or you can email us parkinsonspod at curiouscast.ca. And be sure to check out the show notes for more information about what you heard today and links to all of our guests who are helping to raise awareness of Parkinson's. And that includes Matt Eagles, Dr. Jonathan Squires, Dr. Simon Stott, geneticist Matt Ferrer, and researcher Sarah Rigger. Also Emily Chambers, David Sangster, Jim Redman, John Hoogan, Lee Lordeau, Linda Bleakley, Sabella Avion, Ned Niehaus, Naomi Casiro, Johnny Aitchison. Dixie Black, Richard Mayetti, Tony Dawson, Michael Chung, Hillary, Bill, and George. And special thanks to Sonia Sunger and Nitu Garcha over at Global BC. And thank you for listening and sharing your stories to raise awareness. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is written and hosted by me, Larry Gifford, and Nikki Reitmeyer. Amanda Poole is our intern. Dila Velazquez is our story producer. And sound design by Rob Johnston. Keep positive. Keep exercising. And keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.